Welcome to the December YVH. My name is Jeff Thurlow. And I'm Adam Sparlin. Jeff, it's the last YVH of the year. And it's it seems like it's been a minute. It does. It has been a little bit. Obviously, we had the live call in November, and uh, I know you didn't get to be a part of that, but I got to do it. Um, and I don't know, I guess be out of my element and fumble over my words. Yeah. Um, so before we get too far into this, let's, uh, Adam, do you got a safety message for us? Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, obviously kick this off. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're not on some type of hands-free device, obviously always, always, always make sure you're Bluetooth onto your radio, have hands-free stereo on, something like that. You know, uh, don't be don't be on the phone and driving. Uh, the other part of that is, I mean, it's coming up. You got to take this seriously. Watch for reindeer droppings. Yeah, um, they will be flying. They're going to be everywhere. On, on a serious note, you know, in our in our new uh, seating arrangement upstairs in operations floor, um, I kept hearing this noise go off yesterday, and I kept looking at Drew, and I'm like, "What is that noise?" And sadly, it took us forever to figure this out. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's been kind of an interesting winter for weather. And uh, the, the specific date you're questioning would be December 16th, seeing as how this this will get aired a few days after we record it. And uh, what happened on December 16th was a winter storm rolled across the country, pretty much from the Gulf of Mexico, touching the Great Lakes and across the Northeast. Well, being a winter storm up north, it was snow. But down south, and it's particularly in Louisiana, it dropped somewhere in the ballpark of 60 to 70 tornado warnings in an eight-hour period on the 16th. And I don't know how many went on through the rest of the night. But what you were hearing was my computer with every tornado winning going, Argh. So my best imitation of that sound effect, I'm sure it was lovely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the thing is, is there's been a lot of absolutely terrible weather out there this winter. And... Uh, you know, yesterday was no joke. And, you know, I do apologize to, to uh, some of the drivers out there uh, uh, that uh, were in repeat areas. Uh, you know, I know there was one in particular that we ended up just calling and saying, listen, I know you're getting a lot of these messages and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry about it. Uh, but he was in the path of several different tornado warnings throughout the day. And he was safe, by the way, thank goodness. You know, he's perfectly fine. But at, at the end of the day, it, it's very serious. And so we urge everybody always pay attention to local media. Uh, you know, when you start seeing foul weather, tune to that local radio station. Get yourself on the local weather channels. Make sure you're paying attention out there because it can turn quick. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, always captain of the ship and make sure we know where we're going and what what's up coming up the road. Yep. Well, Jeff, uh, what are we going to cover uh, in this, this December podcast? Uh, this is going to be kind of a year in the review. Um, we're going to have Mr. Greg Orr on the, on the show, and he's going to talk about kind of what we went through in a tough 2019 and what we got to look forward to in 2020. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because I, I know I, I know what my take is on how things have been this year, and I know me and you have talked about it a couple times. It's been been a been a tumultuous year uh, for the trucking industry in general. Uh, you know, when you've got companies like Freight Waves and heavy duty trucking talking about the trucking bloodbath, yeah. um, you know, obviously that that brings up concerns and everything. And I'm, and uh, I'm excited to hear Greg's take on it. Yeah, and you you know you you bring up those articles that those those were out there on those websites and just thinking about that and just think about what we've been going through and all the changes that we've positive changes that we've had um couldn't be prouder to work for a company like cfi me either this has been an amazing place to be a part of and i'm looking forward to the future well with that said let's get after it all right coming up mr greg orr 
All right, we're back. We are joined today by Mr. Greg Orr, president of CFI. And what are the other titles there, Greg? I, I can't ever keep them straight. Well, I'm not sure that I can anymore either. Um, <laughs> at this point, president of CFI and EVP of U.S. Truckload for all of TFI, which includes Transport America and both uh, TFI and TCA's logistics divisions. Nice. Well, we thank you for being here again. Absolutely. So uh, I think uh, kind of what Jeff and I were, were looking for here at the end of the year is it's been a weird year for trucking, don't you think? Uh, it has been a very weird year. Yeah, I would tell you it's um, after rolling out of 2018 and into 19, I think if anybody was going to bet that it was going to be like it was this year, they would be retired and drinking umbrella umbrella drink somewhere in mexico probably which pete montano is so maybe he's the one that did this to us i don't know we can blame pete for it yeah if he's listening we blame you pete (laughs) but uh well i mean as far as the challenges we face this year as an industry uh what do you feel like has been the the greatest to overcome just just as trucking in general i mean it's i know it's kind of vague and and off not really having a straight topic there but obviously it's been a challenging year we've seen several trucking companies not be able to make it Uh, we've seen a few thrive um you know so what would you feel have been the the toughest to overcome well you hit a good comment so talking about thriving I'll, i'll first start with saying that um i think both cfi and transport america are thriving and doing very well Uh, So first and foremost, that's the most important thing in in our world today. Uh, But from an industry standpoint, I think, um, really, I think the big thing is just more around what's going on in the shipper community. And, you know, if I look at all of the challenges that are out there that are facing competitors of ours and ourselves, for that matter, going into 2020, there's a lot of expense and... um, dollars that I don't think people are accounting for um, maybe as much as what we could be. And and I say that meaning, you know, if you think about uh, IMO 2020, and as I was talking to Thurlow this morning, you know, one of the things that we talking about is all these acronyms, right? ELD, ELDT, IMO 2020. There's just so many things that are going on right now. And you know, while the industry is sitting on, I shouldn't say the industry, our, our economy, the U.S. is sitting on more fuel or oil than we've had in many, many years, um, IMO 2020, I think, is going to play a big role because you think about all those steamship lines that are out there and the amount of consumption that's going to be required out of those ships to either convert to our fuel that we burn in our trucks or to have scrubbers put in their uh, ships. Um, Boy, I'll tell you, that, that's a mass draw on the, uh, the fuel. And, and I think from a perspective of a carrier's uh, view of this, the concern to me is even if it's a short blip on the radar and I say, you know, we budgeted for it accordingly because we felt that there was going to be a blip on the radar. But the big challenge to me is going to be what happens when fuel goes up quickly. And it will, because you think about the oil industry, they're not going to turn down a chance for a good crisis, right? That's just how it operates. Um, So, you know, when that goes up, um, you know, back in June, um, there was a comment made by our fuel provider that said, hey, 38%, uh, there was a 38% increase in delinquent payments from January to June. Now you think about that from June to December, 
and then you hit this potential jump in fuel again, um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of small to mid-sized carriers that could be fighting cash flow right now, and this could be the the ultimate point that pushes them over the edge. And I think the other one, you know, is is the nuclear verdicts that are out there. You know, I, I always shared this with a lot of our team and our, especially our safety moments and our professional drivers around how much we spend every year in in uh, accident costs. And good grief, you, you know, thinking trying to run a business and spending multi-millions of dollars in accident costs is just crazy, first and foremost. But when the majority of those expenses are not even due to the accident, it's the litigation behind the scenes. And, you know, we saw some of our competitors, and I just feel terrible for those folks that had 40 to $120 million worth of, um, you know, nuclear verdicts that took place this past year. And, uh, boy, I tell you, um, with that and then the, the other side of that being insurance premiums getting ready to take off, you know, right now, we're, you know, it, knock on wood, our particle board here, CFI is, is one of the top three carriers uh, in the Truckload Carriers Association from a safety perspective, yet we know that our insurance rates are going to go up because it's not based on our performance, it's based on what's going on in the industry and our competitors. And how do you fight that? that that's the hard part, I think, for um, all of us carriers that are out there trying to do the right thing and continuing to reemphasize and and overemphasize how important it is to be safe as, as a asset provider, yet uh, we're all paying the piper on the backside of this. And, and uh, you know, I think that's the concern for me going into 2020 is um, there's extra capacity in the marketplace. Um, I hate to see companies go out of business because of that extra capacity. But on the other side, I think the bigger concern is the unknown expenses that are getting ready to come. And I think shippers are trying to really focus on driving their costs down, which I, I, I said on the shipper side, so I can say that that makes sense, right? That's how they operate their business. But um, I think it's gonna ultimately drive capacity out of the marketplace pretty quickly. Yeah, I think just, you know, like you're talking about safety and insurance and all that going up. And I think getting ahead of the curve on those type of things with, from a culture standpoint and from a technology standpoint, some of the things that we do and talk about every day, you know, we're, we're getting the event recorders put in the trucks. Yep. Um, even something as simple as the safety sandwich. Yeah. Um, we talk about it every day. We li- eat, live, breathe it every single day. And um, I think that's one of the ways we get ahead of it and get ahead of that curve. Yeah. And, and I think you bring up a good point. I know, you know, initially we, there was a lot of concern about having the event recorders in the trucks and listen, I, I, can appreciate that from everybody's view. I think the, the the challenging piece for for us is we're really trying to focus on making sure that our professional drivers are taken care of because this is their livelihood. And and I can tell you, there's been multiple times this year where we have seen our professional drivers get in an accident. And if we wouldn't have had those event recorders, number one, um, first and foremost, they would probably be in some type of a lawsuit as a company and or the driver. And secondly, that driver would have lost their job. And, you know, I think it's purely a, a, a way to, you know, yeah, we spend a lot of money to put these things in, but we're also going to save a lot of people in the industry that normally wouldn't have been. And, and, and secondarily, you know, hopefully be able to minimize the amount of expense that we have uh, from an accident perspective. So, 
you know, it, it's, a, it's a big challenge out there, and uh, it goes back to, you know, the culture. I think that's the one thing that sets us apart from, and I know every company says that, right? I mean, everybody says that they have a safety culture, but at the end of the day, it's really, it's really how you live it and breathe it, and, and um, you know, I think safety sandwich is just one step of that, right? Yep. Just a small piece, but it helps a lot. Yep. We've talked about what we faced and what kind of challenges we've had. What things would you say you're excited for? in 2020 for for maybe not just cfi but trucking in general but and then of course just for cfi as well yeah i i think um i'll I'll say trucking in general i think there's a lot of good things going on you know one is um you know people may or may not like to hear this but i think eld is going to be a good thing long term for the industry and and the reason i say that is it levels the playing field for everybody right so if you look at us versus a competitor that may not be on ELD today, you know, today our professional drivers maybe can run 550, 600 on a good day, uh, miles, where we have others out there that are doing things maybe not as um, in that gray area. Up to speed yeah. or sp- as par as are, what we are you may looking be. for above the board. Yes. Um, so, you know, from a com- competition standpoint, I think that uh, levels the playing field. And then I think for more so uh, from a shipper's perspective, they, they're they going to have to refine their networks a little bit differently as well. And, and I think it gives people a complete different perspective on how we run the business now. Um, and hopefully, again, it, it's everybody's doing the same thing and being held accountable the same way and i think that's the good thing uh it will take some capacity out of the marketplace there's no doubt in my mind you know that 600 to 700 mile run that normally uh, a driver might be able to make may not be able to make now and it's going to be relatively consistent across the board so i think from that perspective um it it will be beneficial for the for all the, the fleets out there um you know cfi specific i think uh, gosh, there's just a lot of good things going on. I mean, we've made so many investments this year in tools and technology and uh, trying to be able to communicate differently. And I think, you know, from my perspective, um, one is obviously, you know, utilizing the workplace, being able to com- to communicate to our professional drivers and our employees differently than we have in the past, um, trying to give people the opportunity to uh, share their opinions and, and do it in a, in a professional manner to be able to address those situations instead of having to you know make three or four phone calls to get the right person um, but I think you know as you look at um, our results this year um, we're one of the few carriers that I'll, I'm proud to say that will show year over year results almost every quarter um, and and I think from a business perspective just looking at being able to continue to keep investing in the tools and technology you know we're going to uh, more than likely uh, purchase another 300 tractors again next year is what it looks like from a budget perspective roughly 700 trailers we're going to continue to make tweaks to the equipment um, you know and and try to find better ways to do it whether it's 12-speed transmissions and I know Randy's looking at a couple other options to be able to do on the tractors and the trailers um, so you know just little things like that I think we're really trying to figure out how to get better um, and, and, you know, the cool thing is, is I get a ton of feedback from our professional drivers around what's working and what's not working. And, you know, I, I can't always fix everything, right? But there are a lot of things that have been brought to me that we've been able to address and actually put into play. So that's kind of the exciting news for me. Speaking on, you know, kind of what, what we're going into in 2020 and kind of where we came from, we, we made a lot of changes in 2019. Um, and 
I think just from, because there was so much going on, even across the industry, um, maybe the ELD thing kind of shadowed the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, maybe because they, this is kind of the what's next and ELD has been such a focus, but what what is that drug and alcohol clearing clearinghouse? Um, what does that look like going into 2020? I think when you talk about Jeff, um, I'm going to say the potential of a bigger impact of anything. I think going into 2020, that one probably has the most opportunity, even though it's not a what I'm going to call a hard enforce on uh, call it hair follicle testing at this point um, for those carriers that do that like we do. Um, I think you're going to continue to see some other uh, providers migrate towards this. And, and I think the big thing is now is if a professional driver decides to go to another company, right, they have to be registered to be able to put their name in this database. And if for some reason uh, they go through a drug test or whatever it may be and they don't pass, that is now something that is visible. And, and from that perspective, I think, um, you know, today's world prior to uh, ELDT, or I'm sorry, Drug Alcohol Clearinghouse, um, when we drug test somebody here today and they fail, there was a possibility that they could go right down the road and work for somebody else. And, and that's, you know, everybody's got their own opinion of that, but I would tell you from CFI's perspective, we don't want anybody that's unsafe on the road, uh, whether they're with us or whether with somebody else, right? And, and I think going forward, that's going to change the playing field. And um, what's concerning to me is how many drivers tend to not pass a hair follicle exam every week in, in a lot of these larger fleets. Uh, I'm hearing upwards of anywhere from 5 to 8% that fail in any given week. And if you think about that across our industry, you pull out 5 to 8% of the, the capacity in the marketplace, that's a huge change. Um, and, and it's concerning. And you know, I think you know, from a shipper's perspective, if this would happen to catch hold and, and uh, permeate out through throughout the industry, I think there's a, a good chance that we'll see um, capacity tighten up relatively quick in probably third quarter. Yeah, and just from a safety aspect, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, we're getting some probably bad bad drivers off the road that probably don't need to be out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and you know, it, it's 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 kind of a you know, I talked to a lot of our competitors on any given week, and 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 they're not seeing anything different than anybody else. I think we're all uh, got our heads wrapped around it in the same perspective. It's, you know, whether people believe that there is a shortage of drivers in the industry or not, uh, there truly is. And I, and I think it's probably more so the good qualified drivers is where the shortage is at. It's, it's um, you know, people can, we can always find a way to fill a seat, but that's not the right way to manage your business and, and not the way the CFI is going to do it. Well, Greg, as we kind of kind of close out here, uh, we actually just had a, a question hit YVH and hit the Your Voices Heard channel as we've been talking, and I think you might might uh, laugh about this one a little bit, just because you do tend to answer this one a little bit. Are CFI and Transport America merging? Mm. I get that. You, you know, I'm heading up to Transport America for the next two days, and, and you wouldn't be surprised how many times I get that on any given week, uh, whether it's from our CFI or from uh, Transport America. So, no we are not merging. I have no intentions of, of merging uh, our companies. Today, we operate very well separately. 
uh, albeit there's a lot of things that I think that we have and continue to look at and driving costs out of the business behind the scenes. And when you think about sharing uh, some of that back office function and capability and tools and technology, this past year alone for, for both companies, we've shed almost $6 million of expenses that would have been incurred by doing this. And so when you see that, yes, we are working together, yes, we're sharing a lot of the tools, resources, people to do the work differently than we have in the past, but what we're trying to do is to set ourselves up to be, I, I won't call us a low cost uh, carrier, but a, a more competitive cost, cost carrier because in today's world, you think about what shippers are trying to do you know that's one of the first questions they ask us is how are you going to help me drive my costs down right well this is one way that we can share with our customers and feel very good about that and say this is what we're doing this is what we've done so far and we've shed six million dollars out of our business and and i think as you continue to look at trying to evolve and and the requirements and and things that shippers are putting on each one of our carriers today um, we've got to figure out how to get better. And it's not just by running more miles and being uh, safer and, and you know focusing on MPG. There's other things in the business that we've got to figure out how to manage as well. And that's what we're trying to do. So no, uh, we're not gonna combine each other. Yeah. I have no intentions. One of my favorite quotes out there is, you know, when outside change exceeds interchange, the end is near. Um, and just being at this company since 2008, we've we've always evolved and look at ways to get better. And um, you said it, you know, we've we've shaved off six million dollars of st stuff that we could just get rid of yep. um, and and do our job better and leaner. Um, and I've always been proud to say that you were able to, to give back to our drivers a lot in a lot of ways. And you know, one of the things that we did recently, we were able to do that with our pay for performance bonus um, that just came out and got announced today. Yep, yep, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it, the biggest thing that I would tell folks is this, it's we're trying to find different ways to um, incent our drivers, first and foremost, from a safety perspective. And then secondly, by trying to help them be good stewards of the business. So when you look at whether it's productivity, whether it's MPG, whether it's idle, the areas where they can help us manage that and, you know, God forbid, um, you know, I, I know most everybody knows what happened in the news uh, the last couple of weeks with one of our biggest competitors. And nobody wants to see that happen to anybody, right? That's that's a sad, sad thing to have a mismanaged business and, and have the things happen that have to all the employees and all the professional drivers there. The good thing is, is I think the industry has rallied around them and I think they're gonna be able to all find a home if they want a home. Um, but from our perspective, we have to challenge ourselves, and it's not just management, it's not just me, uh, it's everybody. We all have a role to play in this organization, and we've got to figure out how to become more efficient, more effective, and capable of running our business in a different way. And, um, and our business continues to change. I mean, you look at our length of haul three or four years ago, we probably have lost 100 miles in our length of haul. That's just the nature of the business. That's things that we aren't going to be able to control. As the, the the density grows in the United States, things are going to continue to change. We're going to be pushed to do things differently. And, and sadly, we've got to figure out how to do that in a different, complete manner. And that means that um, with this new incentive and program, I'm, I'm excited as heck because I think for those people that 
truly are running their trucks like a true business person, um, they're going to see a lot of fruits for their labor. And, and I think the better part of this is uh, it's giving people the opportunity, especially as they come out of the gate as a new uh, uh, driver with us, that they have the opportunity to earn that same type of uh, financial reward uh, instead of waiting for 15, 20 years to get to that point. So there's, you know, there's, uh, you can always say there's pros and cons to everything, but Absolutely. I think we're trying to look at it in a way that helps tie people to the business and ultimately helps us get the results that we're needing to be able to be uh, financially uh, astute in the business. Yeah, and I think it's just, if you look at it, comparing it to our, our current bonus program, uh, it's just a more fair way to do things. Um, you know, I've over the years I've I've known a few people, and you have a, a a safety you know incident, and something happens, and if if you're maxed out, and then you got to start all over again. It's going to take you almost a whole career to get back to that point yeah. again, and that's 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 pretty rough. It's a kick in the pants. It is, um, and I think it's just a, a, a fair way to do things, and I think the drivers will see that. You know, give it a little t- time to digest it, and. I think they'll appreciate that. Well, and I think the, the one thing I'll say is we just didn't roll this out without any visibility or any testing. We went through multiple months and had multiple different groups of drivers that were a part of this plan, and they tested this thing. And I can tell you the feedback that I received out of it, you know, was was unbelievable. And that's part of the reason why on our last Insider we had John and Lisa Pearl on there to let them kind of talk about what their experience was. and. Uh, it was overwhelmingly positive, so I, I think it's 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 really about really just getting um, focused on what is in front of you and and just you know I, again I say help us manage the business and uh, like a, my big thing is I think from uh, my seat is really um, I can make a lot of decisions that impact a lot of people's lives, good or bad, um, but the reason that we go through this type of effort and testing is to make sure that we're not rolling something out that's going to negatively impact the large mass amounts of our fleet. And and I think the positive of this is um, once people give it a chance, they're going to see that there's a heck of an opportunity there to earn some additional cash quickly. Well, um, with that said, you know, we'll wrap this up. Greg, is there anything you want to close this out with? Well, um, I think the big thing that I would tell everybody is, you know, we've had a fantastic year. Um, From a safety perspective, it was probably, since I've been here at least, the best year that we've had. Um, Very positive to be able to see that, knock on particle board here. Hopefully we uh, can make it through the end of the year and still have a a good record. But our CSA scores continue to improve, which is great. Um, And I think the big thing that I just say is, Hats off to everybody. We've had uh, a great performance. Very, very proud of the team and what they've done. And, um, you know, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and be safe as always. And we'll see you in 20. Yep. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, We're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody's hard work this year. Uh, Absolutely loved doing these podcasts over the last 12 months. Terry, you've been a great behind-the-scenes guy. Um, You know, Greg talked about the performance bonus that we've got up um adam is there anything else 
else out there that maybe we missed? Yeah, obviously to uh, to CFI drivers, and I know Transport America drivers are going through this right now as well. Um, we we all know that we've, we're switching fuel providers. We're going to Loves instead of uh, of Pilot, and you know I'll tell you what I I am really excited for our drivers because of the amount of benefits that loves is bringing to the table and there's going to be more and more coming out about that of what what's what's available but just the simple fact that the things like you get a soda when you buy fuel and you're able to to turn around and and get your your tire pressures checked if it's a snowy nasty day who wants to get out and do it themselves right that's right We've, we've just done it because it's the job but you know now at this point you can run through the tire lane and so it's kind of nice. It's an extra benefit that hasn't been available for us before. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, if you have any concerns, of course, about those those fuel, reach out to the fuel optimization page on Workplace. Uh, myself, Mindy, and Jamie are all the time checking that. And so we'll, we'll constantly be able to get in there and help, help you understand what's going on, what you can expect, uh, things of that nature. You know, and, and also when fuel, like Greg touched on, IMO 2020 is coming up. Uh, we've got some some moves in place to help fuel and route be kind of optimized and ready for that. And so we should be seeing some stuff to help improve improve that and make it ready within the next week. So well, that's great news. And I know we all we all get on workplace, work hard, and make sure everybody's questions are answered. And, um, uh, again, it's just a great tool to have. So yeah. um, with that said. We'll, we'll wrap this up. It's been a great 2019. Look forward to seeing everybody in 2020. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and be safe out there, guys. Yeah, and just a final thing here. As we close out the year, I want to give the big shout-out to Terry. Uh, give a big shout-out to Gabby, who's been doing a lot in marketing, helping us out with this. Zach and Caitlin, who have helped make this uh, podcast a reality over the year. We've got an amazing marketing here team yep, here. Been a great team to work uh, with. Yeah, at CFI and Tess. And so we are we are thrilled to death to move into 2021 with them and looking forward to next, next year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you.